Welcome to Central News. My name is Tim Masemula. Today we are going to be talking to Bongani Baloi, who is the president of Shiluba and former mayor of Midval. We're going to be touching on the current political debate developments in the country. And amongst them, we're going to be talking about the renaming of William Nicole. We're also going to be discussing uh, about the passing of uh, Zoleka Mandela. It's one of some of the few things that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, welcome to Central News. Well, um, uh, morning, morning. I think it's still morning still. There. Thank you for having me on Central News. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. Your party, your party's position on the renaming of uh, William Nicole to Winima Dikizela Mandela and the, re the reaction from parties like ANC, EFF, and Patriot Patriotic Alliance. Look, we welcome the renaming of uh, William Nicole Road. More so, uh, even deep understanding what the man William Nicole stood for and his beliefs, and more so how he was a collaborator and defend of the apartheid regime. So we welcome that. And I think it's quite appropriate as we build towards redressing our society uh, to also rename these, these, uh, um, for the, these public infrastructure. But we believe that such infrastructure, I mean, when you, when you apportion the name of someone as uh, important and has contributed immensely to our body of politics and the liberation of our country, our government needs to take a step forward by naming new infrastructure that it has built and rename, not renaming, but rather naming it uh, appropriately with such leaders. So not just the, the, the old, we need to start naming the new with the, and, and naming them appropriately, but changing the names of those who are collaborators of the apartheid. We, we can never white, uh, whitewash all of our history, but it's important that these landmark and significant infrastructure be named appropriately. Mm. Can you elaborate on the significance of renaming the, uh, the road after Mewilima Tigizela Mandela and how will this impact the people of Johannesburg uh, and the country as a whole? Look, I think we must firstly appreciate who William Nicole was and his role as a contributor and defender of the apartheid regime, which sought to segregate and underdevelop black people in the main, but equally mm -hmm. subjugate black people. So when you rename such a public road and such a busy road to a name that's much more appropriate, a name that has contributed immensely to the country and its liberation and fought so gallantly, I think that is appropriate. It's something we'll always defend because we are aware of the fact that the deep scars that apartheid has inflicted on all of us and some carry lived experience, some carry generational experience and the traumas that uh, we've been told or informed about by our parents, but our, by our grandparents. So I think it's a very important mark by renaming. But beyond that, we are saying it's not enough to rename the old with leaders and those who have contributed. It's important to build new and name those new infrastructure that represent who we are and how we respond to our modern day complex challenges by building super infrastructures and naming those appropriately with people and persons who have contributed immensely towards the family, towards the liberation of our, of our people in our country. Do you believe it would renaming some of these streets will have an impact uh, on these people that we are, that we will be saying we are, we're commemorating them? How, what impact will it have? 
Look, I, I, I don't think there would be, no one is making the argument that there's an economic benefit or there's a financial benefit to renaming. But remember, names are very important. Uh, and, and names remind us of those persons and we keep living, reliving their names and, and bringing them back to, to life in post in, 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 in after they've passed on. So so it's important to change these things. And most of all people who did these atrocities against the majority of the people in, in our country. I think it's very important as we redress our society and build a common society. So and build a society where we can be a nation. Uh, coming from a divided past. And we can't be united by names which have actually contributed towards the subjugation and, 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 and also the apartheid on, on Black people. So, so, so no one is making the case of economic benefit or financial benefit, but it's about redress and building a country. And building a quite decisive steps to be taken to, to, to look beyond just what current now, but actually find a space and time where all of us can come together. Yes, but what are practical considerations in terms of infrastructure, logistics, or costs? There are costs because you have to uh, change the name. You need to update that on Google Maps or Maps of the City, change names, and that whole registration process. There are those practical logistical and financial constraints, not constraints, but, but rather factors that one will, uh, that the city will have to deal with in doing this. But remember, I mean, building a nation requires us to take some of these decisive steps in building together and bringing people together. But most importantly, we cannot still, in 2020, uh, 2023, still be recognizing apartheid symbols I mean, symbols of apartheid as of its common cause. And part of the deeper problem, my brother, is that we actually have done ourselves an injustice as black people because we've not been taught our history properly. If our history we were taught properly and we were taught deeply about what happened in an apartheid from before an apartheid, the colonialism and those people and persons, I can tell you, we would be so conscious of these names that it will take a natural process just to change their names because we don't want to be calling these people and bringing them up. Not to have a and all these things at this day and age. As a leader of your political party, how will you prioritize name changing compared to the other pressing issues in your political party? Can you provide the insights into the broader vision of your party and its goals? at the national level? Look, let, let me first ask, ask the question, what is Shilu? Let's answer the question. Shilova is, is a party that uh, believes, uh, that has selected Ubuntu as a political ideology. Many people ask us, firstly, why do you call it in a Tsonga indigenous language? As an example, why is it do you think that you can't say Kipali but you must say the association of freedom fighters, blah, 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 blah. So we are saying we are those uh, blacks who are saying it's enough. Just Katilo assimilating, taking the cultures of others. So Kali is in those age when using the knowledge of our ancestors. Now, Ubuntu, many people misunderstand Ubuntu. They talk as if Ubuntu is just humanism. Ubuntu is not just humanism. They, then they quote, I am because we are, and they leave it there. You know, we've gone further and deeper, and we said, but Ubuntu is three things. Ubuntu, Abantu, Ubuntu. Remember, in the African language, before Uba Mutu, Uba part of Batu. Yes. You get it? So Uba part yes. of Batu, it means you contribute to the collective good of the society in Abantu, Laos, Ukon. 
That's why you'll also find examples when they say, so he's, so before you are moon you are part of a band and as you are moon to part of a band there's also the physical side of you there's also the spiritual side of you and we engage on physical on things that uh, give the, on the things that make sense for us physically whatever it is in your pursuing of your own agents in your path spiritually whether or african spirituality and many others prefer other things we don't we don't uh, decide but i'm starting with the first part which the second part is seen to is seen to which governs us as a man these are the laws of our forefathers in kelabesenza ngazo that's how wash ukuthi wona lesini no misintu kwenza kanje akenza kanje nesintu so those things are very important to us. The third aspect is amasigo. Amasigo, konis intersense of abaloi, nabahatebe, es nagwenza, es nienza womuni mizi. So yafapafapana based on where you come from. So we are saying, Guti, Ubuntu is those three things in the main. And then we ask ourselves the question, then who is the custodian of Ubuntu? And then we are saying the custodian of Ubuntu is Amakos. Amakos is working with the state. Right, mm. and then now you realize, then you're going back. So now we're actually going back to 1910, 1913, when, when, when an important thing happened with the Natives Land Act, uh, disposition of land for black people, and then black people are put on the side, and all those things happening. And the persons who were actually part of the, the natural system of governance for so we are saying we need to bring back that element. to right now are not actively part of the state at a level which makes sense. I was about I was about to ask you the same question that do you think that Marenaruna have been given space in terms of uh, contribution in terms of the running of the government? No, Marenaruna have been on exile since 1910. So, so, okay. so <laughs> even after, so even after uh, there was the issue of the Kodesa negotiations, so they were excluded. They were looking, it was politicians, and politicians then did something sneaky. They apportioned or appropriated themselves power via the constitution and took power via our Marena Arona. So we are saying to get things working, we need to effectively get a Marena Arona united, coordinated, working together, but at a level uh, being part of integrated as part of the state and creating a different system of democracy. A democracy for us that includes Marena Arona. Remember, uh, the other part that Stoney speak about the custodian, we also say the land is also the custodian under, or I mean, Marenarona, uh, the custodian of land. When we speak of land, we speak three things in the main. One, we say what is beneath the land, what is on top of the land, and the laws mm -hmm. that govern. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and the minerals, but equally the laws that govern. Mm -hmm. Why is it that me and you are, are, are under Roman, Dutch, and British law, and yet we are in Africa and South Africa? And the laws of your own forefathers, you don't even know them, you don't even care about them. The government has created a thing called customary law, which is subservient to the constitution and other laws. But these things conflict. That's why Marina Ronosa wanna as an but holistically the institution 
has been put on exile and powers have been taken by politicians. So we are saying as Shiloh, we are going about this differently. We don't have an interest on socialism, communism, all the other isms, but we are going back to the wisdom of our ancestors because we believe that there's a case to be made and we believe there are many who believe in what we believe and we need to co-govern this country in our own. So we have a deeper understanding of Bhutu than don't people say it's just about harmony. But you know, when you listen to some people, so you think, they think when they speak about Ubuntu, they, they, they refer to some African sitting under a tree, Banam Kamboti, Babu Wafela wearing animal skin, but not really into governance. I mean, Bhutu dictates that before Romangwana to perform a task, you must select your best. So the same thing mm-hmm. with leaders. So you don't deploy in government your worst. It's, that's not Ubuntu. You deploy your best to go and serve on behalf of. So, so, so there's a number of things that this Western democracy has done to us, which has made us cannibalize each other as black people. So moving away from that and including the things that matter to us was going to help us. That's why Chinese are saying communism with Chinese characteristics. What shall you feel about well? They are blending their own things to things that they see. Rona, we don't do that. Rona, Renka, Fela, Ribon, King, Fela, Siatata, Siasimile. We don't stop and think and say, but this thing is not helpful for us. Mm. But how do we include them within the current system? Because we, we don't even know some of Marenaro nowadays, because there are only few who are recognized. Just to mention the few, I know even a small child will tell you that about the, the, the Zulu king, but mm. he never tell you about others. There are others, but somewhere we don't even know about them. How do we say, where do we start? How do we include them? Firstly, we need to coordinate Marina Marona into an institution that becomes part of the state. Right now, you only find them being part of National House of Traditional Leaders and then you provincially for the thing called Contralesa, which gives some input. They go and listen to Marina Marona, they get a stipend, that's it. So right now we are saying you are moving from there, but co-governing with the politicians now. And uh, remember, Rona, uh, uh, no one is, is, is creating a buffer. No one is protecting us. You, you find what should have happened is that Barrena Rona should have been the buffer between the politicians and the people. And being able to say, but what you are doing now is incorrect. The laws you are passing are eroding our morality. This sits for Sarona because you are making things where there's implications if you consider African spirituality and where we are for the decisions you are making. For a young, from a 13-year-old, abortion. So some of these things that we pass laws that are, appear to be progressive, but we don't consider the African interpretation and the spiritual spirituality of it. So, so even back then, Marina Arona were leading with people who were able to advise them and guide them with a spirituality and how to manage things. So we are saying, Rona, we are going back to the wisdom of our ancestors. We need to move, coordinate Marina Arona and also ensure that they participate at the level of the senior part of the state and being working with politicians, but they need to be coordinated, organized. So we need to see each other as African, not Zulu, Bedi, Inging, as Barrena, and say, how do we take the country forward? If we are united, uh, and politics, my brother, will be a formidable country. No one will be able to do what they want in this country because we'll be moving with all the leaders that are relevant and should be part of making decisions at the senior level and leading this country together. This is very much interesting, but we, we have to, to, to move on. 
with with our discussion. Let us go back to Tswani, uh, mm -hmm. the issue of uh, the President Cyril Ramaphosa um, uh, instructing the SIU to investigate the 295 million tender. Uh, what's your reaction on that? We welcome it. Remember, I'm the one who submitted the complaint uh, formally to the SIU when I was still with the other party. So, so mm. it, it's late, but we welcome it. I think it's really going to assist in, in, in getting to uh, establish what the facts are and what really happened and hold people to account. Because what happened then is affecting Black people. You know, the sad thing about our current state is that the Black lives are cheap, my brother. I can guarantee you, if such a thing happened and the water in Centurion was the one that's contaminated, I can tell you that it wouldn't have taken as long as it has taken because it's black people. So, so for us, it's it's black people's lives are, are very cheap, and their pain is very cheap as well. And the state responds in a very slow manner and not uh, proactive and deal with the things decisively. Today, still people in Hamanskral are struggling with water. Some you can't even drink the water coming out from those taps in Hamanskral, and you've got a government. Uh, you've got the national government, you've got provincial government, you've got uh, local government, and then the city, which is uh, which is besieged by infighting uh, coalitions that are not making any headway. People are watching this mess. They're saying, for how long? So we welcome this, and we would implore the city to, to actually move quickly in, 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 in uh, providing water through sustainable mechanisms, but equally finding short to medium uh, or short to medium term uh, um, uh, options for people to get uh, portable water. I mean, this is water, my brother. Uh, this is something very important. Human rights, this thing. Mm. How do you think that this corruption probe will impact the city of Tony and its residents? I think it will, it will uh, unmask what really happened and who, and uh, who uh, had the sufficient, was tasked with protecting the city and doing what they should and did not do. And when things went wrong, who did what and did not do what? So it was, it will help us get accountability, transparency, which is good, so people can be held accountable. But we also hope that it will also uh, come with strong recommendations of how you can tighten up uh, internal controls, because internal controls in a city that don't work, things like this can happen. Now imagine what's happening with other things. I suspect that with many other project, pro projects in the city, cost they're amounting to billions, similar things are happening. So this will just open the door so we can understand what's happening. And we hope that uh, residents of Tswani can get justice, most of residents of Amanskrad. I think there has to be criminal prosecution for people who have caused this. Your party, for in future, in terms of making sure that we don't see such things happening again, how can this be prevented? Look, I think, uh, firstly, you need to appoint people who are competent and capable to do the job. But as we see the state playing an even bigger role, in the delivery of some basic services and leading of some uh, investing in infrastructure. So we see the mm -hmm. private sector bring with the state, but the state will, take, will play a bigger role. I think we've seen that if you remove the incentive of corruption, which is used through tenders and the state does it itself. So we need, a, we need to capacitate the state and, and, and remove the oxygen that feeds tenderpreneurs, feeds politicians, feeds administrators by the state doing that and leading that. And I think the state can have capacity to be able to roll out it, it, these key infrastructure developments across the country and more so starting in failing municipalities. Because we've seen that if you leave things to private sector alone, my brother, the Bawoods are born. People like to think that those people are Bawoods. Those people, Bawoods are, and, and you, you will be surprised. It's not just people who look like me and you, Bawoods are. Bawoods are, Bawoods are, Bawoods are, Bawoods are, protect each other. So we must, mm. we must count 
things like that to ensure that we put the lives and the development of the country first above individual interest. Do you think the president action on the matter is sufficient or do you believe that the, the more can still be done? Look, I think they need to investigate. Naturally, when you investigate, it's something that has happened. Uh, I think they could have intervened. I think provincial government could have intervened decisively and they failed and, and reneged in their responsibility to do so. Because before something could have happened for so many years, someone would have, should have seen it. Someone should have raised the alarm. Someone, someone should have uh, mitigated. Someone should have seen the risk and done something about that. But none, none of these people did. So I think the president intervening at this level is appropriate and we hope for a speedy and decisive investigation and people to be held accountable. Mm. Do you think that this corruption probe will affect the public trust in the government institutions? I think the fact that there's so much corruption happening and lack of service delivery, our uh, people's uh, sense of uh, trust in government has been eroded. Remember, the, 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 the thing that builds the, the legitimacy of state is it in its substance, and substance is in its delivery. So if people don't trust the state to deliver, it erodes the, the, the belief and the trust that they have on the, on the state. So the state currently led by the ANC is facing a serious legitimacy threat, uh, rightly so for all that they have done and for the material conditions we find ourselves in today. Mm, this one is going to be more interesting. You were once mayor in the Midvale, mm. and were you actively involved in addressing corruption within the Midvale? And what are the things that you did in terms of making sure that you don't see corruption continuously happen? Look, we, we started to unbundle a lot of big tenders to give competition because you found that in Midvale, one company for almost eight, 10 years was getting 80% of this thing. And then you start to say, but this thing doesn't make sense. Why one company for almost 10 years getting the same uh, tenders, which is 80% of the capex? So unbundle this thing so others can compete. So we started to see a greater level of competition and competition is good because you also get best prices and people are innovative who can do the work as well. And you move away from the thing that controls the entire capex of the municipality, about 80%. And we started doing a lot of probity on, on, on managers in key infrastructure departments. And uh, people were held accountable when things happened, where they signed off purchase um, in payment certificates and meanwhile things are not done so we dealt with those things we're not even afraid to speak about them so so when we found instances of corruption we we uh, dealt with them but the thing that i really learned as uh, being part of a, a municipality that made value is that uh, politicians and senior leaders must always be obsessed about how you improve internal controls and how you prevent so you think ahead you know the, the, the human behavior uh, and how they're moving. So you try and think ahead to uh, keep improving your internal controls so you make it difficult. So, so the game we're playing in Midvale was how do I make it extremely difficult for these to thrive? Uh, and then I really think I did well in that regard. Okay. Many people are talking about let us unbundle it. And some of uh, normal community uh, members or members of the Israeli say, can you elaborate more when you say you am? and unbundled it. What, what are you talking about? Can you explain it further? So, so when we unbundled, I mean, we had one service provider that was that had uh, was appointed for work that constituted 80% of the CAPEX budget. It means roads, uh, sewer projects, roads projects, paving projects, electrification projects, uh, all sorts of infrastructure you can think of, 80% one company. And it, it did not make sense. So it tells you that 
now this thing is captured. It tells it everything is now. I mean, you can't keep the same company winning continuous, continuous. There's nothing wrong. And and we are saying as government also want to create a fair or a, a environment for people to compete. And competition is important. So so I saw that this thing is unhealthy. And uh, being unhealthy, I must do something about it. I mean, ensure that when you approve the the, the, the when you start that when you when I approve the the process of of, of following through the uh, the, 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 the I'm, I'm trying to remember this process uh, the, the the tenders for the year and the because we, because what we do as politicians you monitor and measure the outcomes and performance of capex so for for us to achieve maybe a 95 percent of capex I, I must monitor from when the bid spec has said from when they have approved this from when they have approved that so when you monitor those milestones as it is in our SDPIP, then you show performance then you start to see but there's something wrong why is it the same person on all over the the paper here doing capex for water the same person sewer same person uh, roads uh, paving same thing uh, electrification the same thing why is it the same people so so you you start to find those things so that's why you need to politicians who understand who are educated, uh, who can read and interpret and be able to have foresight with an internal environment and understand the shifts and changes that are happening. So you can preempt things, you can prevent things, and you can mitigate. Uh, that, that's what you need. So, so then you get involved in things and understand what, oh, this, the institution behaves like this for the past four years. It has behaved like this, so I must change this. To change this, I must change either something in the service delivery budget implementation plan or in the standard operating procedures or in various other forums that one chaired as a mayor then. So, so I'm using that example just to expand a little bit to show you that it's a complex thing. So you are managing uh, while you are running 150 kilometers per hour uh, as the executive mayor and providing that guidance from a policy perspective, but equally from a performance management and monitoring element. Yes. Moving on, one of the things that many South Africans are still talking about even today is the passing of Zoleka Mandela. With, mm. with the recent passing of her, can you share maybe any potential reflection or comments on her? Look, I think oh, what a lovely uh, human being uh, with the spirit of, of fighting for in, against injustice and actually uh, someone who was dedicated to a cause that she has uh, been part of. I mean, someone we know who comes from an incredible bloodline, a strong woman. So she represented that of being a strong woman who fights uh, and, and, and who stands her ground as well and has been there to support her mother and her family as well. So we all saw and observed through the years her growth and how she has fought and stood beside uh, people that she cared about and fought for the things she feels uh, strongly about. And we, we, we share our sincere condolences to her family, to her friends and her colleagues. I think she fought her fight and she's done uh, what she can on this earth with the time she was given. And we just uh, wish her um, uh, that she, she may she continue inspiring and living in our memories. Uh, so her bloodline also inspires and remembers and reminds us what we need to do and how we need to conduct ourselves. Mm. Lastly, let us talk about the symmetry view fire. Uh, you came, you came out gun blazing about it, saying that uh, the people must be given uh, accommodation, and more especially one of the things that you mentioned was uh, even the, for for school kids that they must not be uh, away from from school for 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 a very long time. 
And we know that in Tuani, uh, Tuani, that coalition has been led by, by the Democratic Alliance. What are other things that you may maybe want to mention with us that you want them to be to, to happen as soon as possible? Look, I think firstly, there has to be a financial stabilization of the city, number one, uh, because a city that, a uh, capital city that is not financially sustainable and viable uh, is a danger. Uh, and it would be deeply embarrassing to see a capital city in the Republic of South Africa collapse due to financial mismanagement as a consequence of uh, the DA's long run of uh, mismanagement in Swane and various others who have been part of them uh, over the years. So we would want, firstly, the, to resolve the financial sustainability of the city. Number two, to resolve the leadership challenges in the city. You know, sometimes what many people don't appreciate, when you see a mess happening outside in the city, you must always know that there's, there's two, there are politicians who are fighting. I can guarantee you now, with what's happening in the city, you have division within the, the executive currently there, and I would not be surprised if it's amongst your, your DA members who are contesting for the seat of the mayor using officials, using labor, and using the public. So one is seen as incompetent, and then the public sentiment will change against the one and in favor of the other. That is very likely. But equally, the city of is has been a minefield in corruption and, and all sorts of things happening there where well, politicians are in cahoots with uh, some officials and officials are in cahoots with politicians for extraction of resources into the city. So the, the city is currently under severe challenges, but there's a project of extracting resources in the city of Tswane, which we would like the city leadership to deal with immediately and stabilize the city of Tswane. But most importantly, the city must remember that they've got millions of residents who, deliver, who deserve services as their mandate is to deliver services. And in this specific case, I mean, it's unfortunate that the fires in Gulf that uh, the area in question now and affected uh, lives of people. So it's only Ubuntu that says we must look after those who have been tragically affected by uh, things such as those. And people did not come in here because they want to, but because they're in search of better um, economic opportunities, housing opportunities, and better lives for their families and livelihoods. So it's important for cities to plan for this ahead of time, ensure there's infrastructure deployment and that caters for the growth of cities. So now that we are not, we don't have leaders that stay too long to be able to plan for these things, you find eventualities like this starting to happen and causing disaster and losing of human lives and livelihoods, which is really unfortunate. We've seen people staying for days without electricity. Do you think the city will be able to deal with the matter as soon as possible? They, they have to. It's their mandate to deal with things such as disaster, which the budget has been apportioned appropriate to them by the provincial government. So it's their mandate to do so. They, unfortunately, they, they have been failing spectacularly, uh, the city of Tswane, in various scores, unfortunately. And they've been going through some challenges with labor as well, which has exacerbated their failures. But you can't blame all of their failures and labor challenges. It's the city of Tswane has, has been threatened and under threat for a lot of time and also severely uh, suffering severe lack of leadership and continuity of leadership, which creates the current material conditions for failures to continue and for ineptitude to be praised and thrived in the city. So it's not a matter of whether they, they must or not, they have to deliver it's their competence. Mm. From your side as the political party, are there plans in place trying to force the city maybe to deal with the matter effectively? 
We are obviously looking at the their the implementation and how quickly can they get on the ground. We have our structures on the ground constantly monitoring, and at the level appropriate, we'll be able to take a decision to compel and approach the law, the courts of law, to compel the city to deliver those uh, services to people. It's been nice talking to you. What is your, your last message to the people of South Africa? Look, we are saying to the people of South Africa, the time to vote for Nelson Mandela is gone. The time to vote for struggle icons is gone. Now it's the time for you to vote for yourself and your children. And you can't do the same thing continuous and hope for a difference as a result. That is insanity. The Oxford Dictionary tells us uh, that it's insanity to do the same thing and expect a different result. Now we must exercise the power that we have and we must get young people to shape to be part of shaping and co-creating their futures by taking responsibility and participating. And we are asking our parents for a change to put our lives and futures first. They have voted for people who are their peers. Now it's, it's time for them to vote for their grandchildren, their children, which is us. Shuluba is that party of ethical leadership, a party of Ubuntu that appreciates and understand what needs to be done, and a party that's led by someone who understands governance and who has led a public institution and led one of the best uh, performing municipalities in the country. So we're appealing to the residents of South Africa that the time for us to consider that every agency as part of our future is gone. We must consider them as part of our past. Now let's be selfish. Go and vote for yourself, vote for your children, and vote for Shalom. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much.